You have just entered the Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of the Royal Access. It's your girl, Corel, and I am super excited to be here with you guys today. We are in our series, The Secret Place, and today we are talking about hearing the voice of God, hearing the voice of God. And I'm so grateful to be back on my agenda. I feel like I'm finally starting to catch myself. You know, I said in the last episode that the demo was rough for your girl. I was pouring out a lot. We were shooting a production. I was doing prayer live every single morning. And so it was a lot, but it's, it's good to be back. I hope that you have been enjoying this series. If you haven't had the chance to catch out, to catch up with the first episode of this series, it is just the episode right before and I definitely, definitely want you to really dive into all of the episodes in this series, which is called The Secret Place, because I just felt like I was at a season in my life when I really needed to just take some time with just me and God to make sure that I am just hearing him like the way that I want to hear him. And the verse that stands out for the topic that I'm talking, talking about today is John 10 and 27. And it says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. And so all of those seem like it's just not you heard the voice, but you hear the voice. God also knows you as his child and you are following in what he has called you to do. And that is a sign of someone who is a follower of Christ, a believer of Christ, someone who hears. So if you're sitting there like, man, crowd, I don't know if I always hear the voice of God and I don't know if it's me. I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's, I don't know who it is. And I have been there and I'm not here to come on this episode to sound like, oh, I am super um, scholar, super spiritual scholar. And I always know because the truth of the matter is we're human. And so I think one of the first things that we have to do is remove the fear that I may not always know, because I do think that there are going to be circumstances where you think you're hearing the voice of God, but you're actually hearing yourself. And today we're going to talk about like, you know, different experiences I had when I heard the voice of God, experiences I had when I didn't know it was the voice of God. And this was a topic we dived really deep into when I was doing the May I Call You Queen course, which started. I'm super excited. We have a great group of ladies and six ladies in total that are a part of this program, which is great. That is the same. Well, it's a little one more than we had last time, but it's a great small unit to be able to teach and walk along with them and have an interactive discussion with everybody. And so I'm super excited for that experience. So this is one of the lessons that we dived into, but there are some other things that I shared with them that I won't share in this episode. It was like five points that I dived into with them. And I'm only going to share three of them here, but there are also some things that I didn't get to talk to them about that I will share on this podcast. I'll definitely be sending them here too, so that they can get the lesson in its entirety and get everything because these are just some things after that lesson that the Holy Spirit continued to download for me. So you're in for a treat today for anyone who's listening to this podcast and was like, okay, this great, this wet my appetite when it came to hearing from the voice of God, but there's so much more I want to do when diving into this topic. I want to tell you that Priscilla Shire has a whole entire series. I think she has a small group study on this. You can do it. I think I did it individually. 
I'm not sure if it's still on YouTube, but that's where I watched it. Um, but I do think it's a really, really great message. I do talk about some things today that I've just personally experienced. So there's some things that she said that I think are very key when it comes to hearing the voice of God. But I also feel like there were some things that God has revealed to me over the time when it comes to hearing and knowing the voice of God. So that's what we're going to dive into today. So thanks again for being here. All right. So when I think about my relationship with God and the different times I would have heard the voice of God, I just think about that there were, you know, times when I thought I heard God and I heard wrong. I think I shared it on this episode, on this podcast before, but we were preparing for a production. My lead actress was not there. And I had convinced myself like, okay, God said the show won't go up. I don't know if it was me. And the reason why it may have been me is because there are thoughts and desires that I had. Like, I don't want to be embarrassed if we don't start on time. I've never not started the show on time. So if we continue to wait for her, we may have to start late. So I'm thinking about being embarrassed about that. I don't want a sea of people standing out there with their tickets saying we came to see the show and now her flight never arrives in Nassau. And now I have to turn an entire crowd away. Some people are going to ask for their money back. Some people who are going to just be livid that I've dressed up and sitting in this auditorium. So I must see a show. And like, I just, the embarrassment of that and so I was trying to decide very early in the day that God said, it won't happen. She won't make her flights. It's not going to happen. And so we need to call it. So this lady that I do not know from a can of paint, like when we do shows, sometimes we have a lot of background actors. And so we needed a lot of background actors that were going to be in a choir. And so somebody connected me with somebody in Nassau who had a choir, who allowed some of her students from her choir to be the background actors in our classroom scenes. And she was the one who she, funny enough, she was the one who was just sitting down in the audience watching us practice. And I said, oh, we're going to have to cancel tonight. And so I don't know the say from a campaign. And she's like, why? And I was like, we're just going to have to cancel tonight because <laughs> she's not going to make her flight. I said, I already prayed about it. And God, God assured me I'm going to have to cancel the flight. So she was like, well, that's not the message that I got. So I want to encourage you to hold off before making a decision. And so I was obedient, even though in the back of my mind, I'm rolling my eye, like the show's not going up. It's like two o'clock. She hasn't made the next flight and the show has to go up by eight. It's time we call it. So people are not coming from work and getting ready and all of that, you know, hullabaloo. One of the saving grace that we knew about that night is one of the tactics we realized we should have done in Freeport with teenagers is teenagers are not going to pay for a show, but there are more sponsors come on board when it's something for a teenager versus an adult adult. They're like, you guys figure out a way to make this <laughs> performance happen. Your grown adults figure out how to make money. But when teenagers are involved, corporate companies tend to be a little more giving. And so therefore they, most of the tickets for that night were sponsor tickets. So Corporate companies paid the money. So no corporate company is coming back to ask for their money back. And majority of the people, I would say like 80% of the crowd are persons who were sponsored a ticket. 
because you were in a youth group at your church or you were in a youth organization. We just, you know, called a, a, a lot of youth organizations and youth groups. And so 80% of the crowd are members who are coming there for free. And so we did have that saving grace. Like you're not going to have so many people asking for their money back because you, this isn't your money. And so if you can make it on another night, then that's up to you. Um, but still you wanted the show to go on, but that was the saving grace that we were thinking about. So when she said that I waited a little bit and she did make her flight. She made her flight. She landed in Nassau, I think seven 30. And if I did not have someone who was so concerned about, you know, always looking her best, we probably would have still started on time, but she went home to change and bathe and get ready. So the show started at 8.45. Like she came out of the car 8.35 and by 8.45, the curtain was up. She had not seen her castmates in two months. She was acting with people she had never met before and she did not miss a beat. She did not miss a line. They created a whole new dance that they did. And it was just, it, I was wrong. I was happily wrong, but I was wrong. I was wrong. I did not hear God say that the show would not go up. Again, I was happily wrong, but I was wrong. And so there are times when you get it wrong and it's okay. That was back in 2018. But as we grow in our relationship with God, we're human, we're going to grow, but just sometimes you're going to be wrong. I've also had situations where I wasn't sure it was God. Like I thought it was me, but I wasn't sure it was God. I was doing a, a bid for a particular I, I needed a bid for a particular job that I was doing. And just like most people, when you do business jobs, you get three quotes. But there was a guy that I really want to work with. So there was a guy I'd worked with before. I love his work ethic. We get along great. He's also a believer. So the conversation offset is really good. We have a great dynamic and dialogue. Um, he fil um, filmed my first film, um, my documentary. Like we had a great working relationship. But there was a guy who I loved his work and I really wanted to work with him. And so when I asked for the three quotes, the guy I really wanted to work with, who I'd never worked with before, had the lowest quote. So I was like, oh, then that means I should go with him. I, I don't even know if I would say that I really heard. I wasn't sure if I heard. I just don't even think I asked. And sometimes we get in those situations too where, and this is a recent thing. This happened this year. I don't think I even asked. I think I felt a peace about the three people I sent the bids to. Like whoever sends a bid back, I'm fine. I felt a peace about, definitely about two out of three. and. So when the lowest bid came back, I was just like, this is a no brainer. Like I've always wanted to work with this guy. I love his work and he was the most affordable. So I went with him literally like two days before the gig. He tells me he can't do it. And I was like, what? And he was just like, don't worry the way I do business. I always find a replacement that is just as good as me or better. So I'm like, who is he going to get? Like, oh my gosh, I've already paid all of the money and I'm just all, you know, stressed out and da, 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 da. The other guy that I'd worked with who had done my documentary, who I had filmed with all, he was the guy that replaced. I'm like, whoa, well, first of all, I love his work. He's done my work so many times. His bid, I actually got his bid and it was higher. So he's going to agree to your price. And so I don't remember really praying about like, God, should I choose this one just because they have a Lewis? But I do know that God worked it out because one, I got to work with someone that I was comfortable with, that I knew their work. Two, I paid a much lower price than they quoted me, even though they said if I had a conversation with them, they would have, you know, worked with me in the pricing. But it just showed that sometimes you have an agenda. Like I really wanted, to, and I've still never worked with this new guy yet, but I really wanted to work with him. But God was just saying it wasn't the time. And so I didn't realize it or it didn't happen until two days before. So what I want to say to you with that is that there, don't be afraid to try to be still and hear the voice of God. 
And then you're paralyzed by a decision because you're saying, well, I might be wrong or I do. I did I even ask at the beginning? And what if I it's going to work out? It's going to work out. God knows your heart. He trusts your heart. He knows you want to be obedient. He knows you want to follow him. And so you just step out on faith. Joyce Meyer says, you know, people get so overwhelmed about hearing the voice of God. And sometimes it's just walking in a direction. And if you start walking in a certain direction and you realize that the direction is wrong, just turn around. Just turn around. Like if I started walking in this direction, it's not the direction I should be going in. Just turn around. Just just come back. Just come back. And it's just like me. Like I started to walk in that direction. Like, oh, we're going to have to make calls. And luckily I said it to the lady before I started to put it out on the media and go on the radio. I just happened to say it in the presence of the lady. And I was humble enough to take this uh, advice from someone I did not really know at all. And just was butting in a conversation like I wasn't asking her opinion, but I was humble enough to take that. And so I was walking in a certain direction. And when I heard this particular thing, it just sat with my spirit to say, listen. And so I walked back in another direction. And so walk in the direction that you feel you're hearing God. And then the minute you realize like, wait, this may not be God. This may not be me. You can turn around or like how it happened with the quote. God will turn you around. Like two days before, I was like, no, you think you're going to work with this person, but I really still want you to work with this other person. I was like, oh my gosh. But that's just how God works. So I am going to talk to you about three times when I heard God, when I heard the voice of God and things that you can do in your personal life when you ask a question to understand, is this God or is this me? Like I said, I shared five with my group and I'm going to share three of them with you of three qualifiers, three ways to identify, is this God or is it me? Because like, and, and I wanted to start off by saying, no matter how many times you put these things together, whether you even put in all five, there's always going to be times in our lives when we do something and it's like, oh, that was me. Or did I even ask before I get started? So don't get caught up on, I have to get it perfect every time I have to. But if you're like, it's not even getting it perfect every time. Corral, I just don't know if I'm hearing anything, let alone if I'm hearing myself or I'm hearing God. I don't know if there's any answers coming through. And so I'm going to talk to you about three real questions that happened in my life and things that I did that helped me to biblically sound things that I did that helped me to identify if this is God speaking in my life. So one of the things that I had a question about was after I did in 2016, I did a screenwriting course in LA. My plan, my desire was to come home in the summer, make a bunch of money, and then go back, do a year program, apply for OPT. By that time, somebody famous would have already discovered me and I would be working and living in LA as a writer and a director and all of that great stuff. So fast forward back to, well, rewind, not fast forward, rewind back to 2016. I come home the summer. I don't make a bunch of money. I make maybe $5,000, not enough to live on at all. Um, and I was praying about like, how am I going to get back? How am I going to do this year program? How am I going to do this? And I literally heard from God, uh, don't go back to LA. And I was like, what? So the method that I want to talk about, the first thing that we have to do when we're really seeking, like, is this God communicating to me is empty your desires and your agenda empty your desires and your agenda and submit this desire and request to God in prayer. So when I came home, I came home for the summer. That was my desire. Like I'm only going to be here for, for the summer. Empty your desire and your agenda. Cause we all have motives and 
scripture tells us to allow God to search your heart and search your motives. And when we allow God to bring those motives, like just sit there and say, no, really, why do I want to do this? When we sit there and even more revelations were brought to me just as I was preparing for this podcast episode that God was revealing more to me. And so when you empty your desires and your agenda and you submit them to God in prayer, God, and just give him permission to reveal what is my true motive. When I went to LA, I, I got out of a relationship in 2012. And when I moved to Nassau in retrospect, I was able to see that, oh, I think that I was trying to prove that I was worthy of my ex getting back together with me because now I had this high paying job. Now I lived on my own in full transparency. I think I was trying to compare myself to the person that he was dating. I was like, oh, he moved on with the person that he was dating. Not that it was my fault. I'm the one who cheated, but he was in a new relationship. And I was like, this person has their own apartment. This person works at a high paying job. This person is, and so not consciously, but it's only in retrospect of looking back that I realized that I started to compare myself to that person. And I'm like, okay. And this person also lives in the same city as him. So I'm like, if I live in the same city, if I get my own apartment and I get a really good job that's paying a lot of money, then it's it's a no brainer because we have history. Y'all, you're going to be tripping out here in these streets, be doing these things in the streets. I don't know what I'd be doing, but that's what I was doing. I don't think I was consciously doing it. It's only through sitting back and allowing God to reveal my motives in that area. And so it didn't work out. (laughs) Uh, They decided to stay with that person. And so after that, I was like, uh, I lost my my high paying job. My high paying job let us go. And so I was just like really praying about what next. And I felt like going, uh, God was saying to go do screenwriting, which he was. Um, but it was a two month program and that's what he was saying to go do. So I went to do the two month program and that's what God said to do. And the assignment was finished after two months in LA. Me, I, I wanted to stay. And I think my motives and agenda of staying was to make people feel like I made it. I made it and I got to make it doing something I love. That was my, uh, that, that was my motive. So being a screenwriter and doing different movies in LA, it's not a bad thing. But God is saying your heart, your motive, and your agenda is in the wrong place. You want to prove to the world, okay, my love life didn't work out, but watch me blow up in Hollywood. Nah, fam, you're not going to be over there wasting my anointing on foolishness. You're going to go back. Like, nah, your your motives and your agenda for this is all wrong now. You want to prove that you made it. You want to prove that you're this, you know, successful boss in Hollywood and LA doing it, that you're trying to cultivate envy and jealousy in people because, nah, fam, you're about to go back. Now, I needed you here to learn this skill. I needed you here to make certain connections. And now it's time to go. And it's so much that like my credit card was, I didn't even have enough money to come back home. God was like, no, like you need to go. Like that was the confirmation. <laughs> and that's another thing that comes when you're hearing the voice of God, you will get confirmation. Like I had no money when I was leaving credit card. And then at the end of the summer, I still didn't have enough money to go back. And I remember what it was like being broke. I was like, did you not hear me? Did you not hear me? Like there is no provision here for you to go and do that. And when I emptied my desires and my agenda, because my desires and my agenda was not to move back to free, but I felt like a failure. Like I went off and got this high paying job, lived on my own by 30. I'm in my own place. And then we got let go. And there were opportunities to stay in Nassau and to have more high paying jobs. But God, I just felt God leading me to LA. So I'm like, why would God have me turn down? I remember I was on a part-time job at another hotel. Um, that would have kept me on until the hotel I was at opened back up. And I remember saying, nope, no, nope. I just felt strong in my spirit. Nope, nope, LA. 
So when I went to LA, I was like, yes, I kept failing. No, am I supposed to take a job? It's LA. It's LA. Yeah, it's LA for two months. Oh my God. But when God empties your desires and your agenda, I have anointed you for this. There's a reason for this. Um, but it's not happening in 2016 because your agendas and your motives are totally whack, totally all, all over the place. And it's not happening. So the first thing is empty your desires and your agenda. The second thing, the second question that I have been asked over and over as I got stronger in my faith, I decided that nightclubs wasn't for me. I'm not going to be in a club. I don't want to go in a club. And I had absolutely no desire to go to a club. And so there are people who would say like, why don't you go? There's nothing wrong with it. Blah, 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 da, 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 da. There's nothing wrong with being in a club, da, 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 da. And so I think, no, I think, I believe that sometimes we're swayed in certain decisions we make as believers because we do not rely on the scripture to hear God's voice on this particular thing. So when I want to hear God's voice on, should I go to the club? There's scripture to back that up. But if we do not meditate on the word of God continually and hide his word in our heart, we're not always going to know what scripture is saying on that. We're not. And that's why it's so important. So there's a scripture that talks about that. And for those who've ever been on the fence with, is clubbing wrong? Maybe I just grew out of clubbing. Should I club? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it is. And I always tell people, if I go to a good wedding, I'm an electric slide. I'm going to do my boogie on that wedding dance floor. And I just, I felt the peace about going to a wedding. Uh, I'm okay with, um, lounges and there's actual scripture behind it. So Galatians 5, 19 to 21. So it says, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. When you follow the desires, again, your desires and motives of sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual morality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition dissension, division, envy, drunkenness. That's another story for another day. Drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. So it didn't say parties. Jesus turned water into wine at a wedding. So I'm not saying don't go to your friend's wedding. <laughs> I'm not saying to go to a, not go to a nice lounge. I'm not saying to go, not go to a dinner with an outdoor patio. I'm not saying any of that. But if it's a wild party, that's why I'm not here for it. Like I literally go in clubs and feel like I'm in hell. I'm like, I just, I can't. I remember I went to something after I got serious about my faith, but it's like, oh, we're celebrating this person. They just graduated. Oh, we're celebrating it's somebody's wedding bachelorette party. Oh, and every time I go to these places with the wild party, my face is the same. Not here for it. Because I, I heard God clearly. And if I wanted some evidence, I could go back in scripture. And it says, Wild parties and other sins like these. Wild parties. So I'm not saying don't have your birthday party. I'm not saying don't celebrate with somebody for this particular thing. I'm just saying your heart's going to feel out of whack when you're at a wild party. And usually that's what a club is. I literally just had a friend ask me the other night. She was like, I think we're, we're thinking about doing New Year's Eve together. And she was like, oh, are you okay with clubs? I'm not. I'm really not. I was like, we go to a nice lounge, a nice rooftop thing. We even go for a nice dinner. Um, but nah, fam. Like, I just, my wild part is why, because the scripture backs it up. So anytime you're like, what, what should I be doing? What does the word of God say? And the reason, the reason we need to know 
what does the word of God say on this particular thing? Is there scripture to back up this decision? Because it's like, maybe God, no, God did not tell you to do that. Because scripture, scripture going to back it up. Like if you get, like, there's no way. And the reason why we need to go know scripture is because there are several things, sayings, really good sayings that people say that, do you know, there are really good things that people say that are not in the Bible. Like there's no scripture to back it up. Like we can see how this can be some way promoted in another way in the Bible, or we can see what, but it's not in the Bible. So I'm going to give four to you. I'm going to give four sayings to you that are not in the Bible, but people say them as if they're in the Bible. So cleanliness is next to godliness. No, you're like, you're, 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 your first grade teacher made that up. Like, no, I don't know if it was your first grade teacher, but the point is it's not in the Bible. It is good to be clean, but that is not scripture. It, you know, it's good. It's a good thing. I'm not saying go out there and be nasty and don't clean your place. I'm just saying it's not a scripture. And so because we live by these motivational quotes and these wise tales and these, you know, good things that people, we tend not even to read scripture enough to know what is a scripture verse and what isn't. Money is the root of all evil. I think most of us know the right. It's the love of money. The love of money. The love of money is the root of all evil. Not money is the root of all evil. The reason why we have to understand it's the love and not money is because we may stay in broke, poor states when God wants to use us to bless other people. Because I love that thing that Michael Todd always said, if he can get it through you, he will get it to you. So it's not that God doesn't want to give you money, but it's like, are you going to be a cheerful giver with that money? Are you going to give it to the people that I need you to give it to? But you, you can't even get it through you if your mindset is so blocked that money is the root of all evil. And so again, that's not, that the word is the love, the love of money. God works in mysterious ways. Did that not get you? Number three, God works in mysterious ways is not a scripture. It's not in scripture. No, Isaiah 55, eight through nine says, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. So why? Because God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God up in heaven, like, why are you calling me mysterious? Why are you out here calling me mysterious? Do you know what mysterious means? Mysterious means difficult or impossible to understand, explain, or identify. God is all knowing. There are some things that God does that we still don't understand why he did it. But there's a lot of things that God does where he makes the revelation clear. There's a lot. So it's as impossible to understand. I make revelations clear and plain to you all the time. I make revelations clear and plain to you all the time. When Hannah cried for a son, she knew that she had to give the son up because he was supposed to be a prophet to the nations. He was going to be an anointed one. He anointed the kings, the first kings of Israel was his position. He had to grow up in that. So you know why you had to wait. You know why you, the understanding and the explanation was clear. When David was chosen, none of the brothers were chosen to fight Goliath. But when David, when David was up against Goliath, he said, I fought lions and, 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 uh, and tigers and bears. Oh my, I fought, I fought them all. I fought them all. And so that has prepared me for this battle. Easy to understand. It is here to understand. When he asked Abraham to kill Isaac, he provided a ram in a thicket. Now, you know, there are jokes now where people say, like, I don't know how Abraham explained that to Isaac, but God explained it to Abraham. He knew, he knew that God wanted to make sure that there was nothing you're going to love more than me, even the gift and blessing that I gave to you. So God is providing ways for us to understand. Like, there would be no pastors if there was never, 
like the pastor be breaking down the scripture. So obviously there are things about God that, that, that he explains. So God's ways are not our ways and his thoughts are not our thoughts. You know, the scriptures, you, you know, that talk about it, that, you know, that his thoughts are past finding out was not impossible. It's not impossible to understand the word of God or what God may be doing in it. But there are, there are times where it's like, you're not going to understand that until you reach heaven. Like there are things where you just got to like, I just got to release it. Like, I may not understand it until I release it to heaven. But there are things that God makes very plain. That is what helped me through the grieving process of losing my brother. The things that God broke down in scripture to help me to understand. That is the point of the Holy Spirit to interpret the word of God so that you can understand it and you can relate to it and you can respond to it. So God is not impossible to understand. Are there still going to be some things that of the way God thinks that we don't understand? There are always going to be things that we don't understand, but it's not impossible. There are some things we can understand. So when we say God works in mysterious ways, not quite right. Not quite right. God's ways are not our ways and God's thoughts are not our thoughts. God works in mysterious ways. It's enough. Okay. And the final one is God will not give you more than you can handle. God will not give you more than you can handle. The scripture says that God will not tempt you. He will not tempt you to a point where you won't have an escape route, but the escape route is him. Because that's the whole premise of being a believer. God will not give you more than you can handle. Yeah, the reason we get more than we can handle is so that I can tap into God and the Holy Spirit and say, I cannot handle this particular situation, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is a scripture. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so therefore, it's, I understand what the people are trying to say when God will not give you more than you can handle. But you can understand how it can make someone believe like I have to keep pushing when it's like you don't never push. Anytime you get any adversity, anything that's up, rough, anything that's overwhelming, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, come on, give me your hand. Jesus, I need you. And so I just wanted to point out those four things that sound scripture or sound biblical, but they're not biblically sound. They're not scriptures. And that's why we have to read the scripture for ourselves because it's so easy to hear things in the media. It's so easy to hear things in culture. It's so easy to hear things from fam family members and friends that are not biblically sound. And so if I want to really know, wait, what is God saying on this? What is God saying? I need to know God's voice here. What is he saying? You need to go to the scripture. And the only reason, only way I'm going to know scripture from a wise tale or a proverb is to read it, is to read it for myself is to spend time with God and allowing the Holy Spirit to make the, allow the words to come alive. And the final one, the final one that I want to talk about is there will be peace. So the first one was you have to empty your desires and agenda. The second one is scripture will back it up. So read the words that you know scripture from an old wise tale. And number three, there will be peace. There will be inner peace. There will be peace. There was this guy who was interested in me recently and y'all podcast listeners, Y'all know your girl is ready to be wiped up. Y'all know your girl's ready to be wiped up. And so he was pursuing. He was a man of God. We had similar interests. Like, like anything you would want to tick off. Like he was older than me. He had no children. Um, he didn't live here, but I'm not big on, I'm not, long I've always had adult long distance relationships so that wasn't a big factor for me so everything literally everything that I would want on my list but 
and when I talked, like the rapport was good too. Like, and like I didn't like there was no games. Like I, I was, I'm, he was actively pursuing. But when I tell y'all I had no peace, I had no peace. Like I just, I tried. Like I'm like, and, and the the reason why I was like, I am trying because the fear in my mind is that people are gonna say, "Girl, you picky," because it was it's so rare. Usually, it's not being picky. Usually, the person ain't saved. Usually the person still married. I am friends. I am serious. The person is still married because if you are legally married, you're still married. I don't care if you were separated for five years, you are legally married. So that in your thirties, you run up against a lot of people who are really nice people, but sweetie, those papers are not signed. (laughs) The papers are not signed. You're nice, but those papers are not signed. I'm sorry. Um, so either you're legally married, either you ain't saved um, you not interested or I'm not interested. You're not attractive. Now that was the person. So the person was attractive. I was just not attracted to them. Right. But I was just like, you got to push through, but I have had feelings for someone I was not attracted to. And that was the clink. That was the, when I said I struggled, I struggled. I was like, this person is very adamant about pursuing me. They're very intentional. They're always responsive. They're great with communication. I just, I just, and I was just like, Lord, I was struggling. When I say I was struggling, I was struggling because friends, there was nothing wrong with this guy. There was nothing wrong with this guy. And I was just, it was so hard, but I was just like this. I just knew it wasn't it. I was like, this ain't it. This, this ain't it. This ain't it. And I had to be reminded that I did have feelings for someone I wasn't attracted to. And so when I was reminded of that, I was like, you know what? It's not that I'm not attracted because it's not, this person is not ugly. They're very attractive. They're, they're tall, they're tall, dark and handsome. Um, but I just, it was a no for me. Like I wanted to set him up. I was, I was like, I know so many Christian women that would be like, yes, yes, but no for me. (laughs) But it all goes down to the third point that I'm saying to you guys is inner peace. It's inner peace. It's inner peace. Like you have to have peace about it. You have to. And sometimes we have peace about things that just don't make no sense. Like to the average eye, like, like this, he made all kinds of sense. He ticked all the boxes. Um, but it was just, there was no peace. And so there are other things that allow you to know that it's God or that, that it's, that it's not. But for me, I just kept feeling like God was saying, it's a no. And you're being motivated by fear, fear that you're never going to meet somebody else that you feel is connected, fear that you may not meet somebody who's going to pursue and is a person of faith, fear that, you know, people will say like, you super picky and that's why you're going to be single for the rest of your life. Fear that if I don't say yes, you've missed your chance and it's not going to happen. But I can't, I don't, I don't want marriage more than I want God's purpose for my life. I don't. I know I talk about it a lot. I know that it's been a big part of my ministry where people are like, girl, we invested. Let us know when this happens. We're invested. Um, but even with all of that, it can't trump. It's not, it's not, I'm going to be good. I'm going to have to, because the novelty, I know myself, the novelty will wear off. The novelty, y'all going to hear me on this podcast. I'll be like, oh God, today. He like did a little, he was like, she can't be, she can't be making noise about this. I know. Like, I know me. 
I know me. I know how I am in my regular relationships. And I'm always like, oh, gosh, mom, geez. Oh, gosh, dad, geez. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Look, my sister, like, oh, my gosh, geez. So if I do that with the people that I love the most in my life, honey, boo, boo, kitty, like a few weeks in after that honeymoon phase, you're going to be just like the rest of them. And so therefore the novelty will wear off. It will become a part of your regular routine and your regular day. I hope that I always cherish my union and appreciate it because of the years that I had to wait for it. But I know that it's going to take work and effort. It's not just going to be butterflies and roses. Life will come in the way and I will have to genuinely um, invest in it and genuinely be there for it. So if I'm like, in the honeymoon phase when most people are like, oh my God, this is so great. If I'm not excited to talk to you now, it's a no for me, fam. It's a no. I know it don't make sense. And I tried it. You know, people always, I've been the person who told people like, you need to give it time. You are making this decision so quickly. You, I've been that person. But I had to realize that if I ain't got no peace, I'm gonna have to let it go. And when I said the peace, when I let it go, I had to break it down. I was like, seriously, they were like, oh, like you take it busy to a new level. Nobody is that busy. I'm like, sir, you're right. And if somebody tells you they're this busy, they're lying. I am not that busy. I just don't have any peace about this. I think you're amazing. I would like to set you up with like a million people. And I do not want to cause you to be jaded for the next person who's going to experience this wonderful person. But I am not her. I'm sorry. I am not her it was someone else and I was just like I live in the Bahamas bro he was like oh I work for the airline it's not you either like it just there's no peace <laughs> there's no peace I need peace I, I promise you say I am not picky but there has to be peace if it's gonna be God there has to be peace and so we have to wait on that peace we have to wait on that peace we have to allow scripture to back it up and we have to empty our desires and agenda we have to empty it and wait on when God is calling so I hope I hope that these three things have helped you in hearing the voice of God. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. We're always having a great time with you guys. Please share this podcast with a friend. Let other people know that the podcast is on and popping and that we're doing what we need to do. So make sure, share it with a friend. Let them know that we are in this series, The Secret Place. Thank you guys so much. I will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.